Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, let's go. Super Talk Eagle Hour on the Super Talk Radio Network online, wherever you're listening. Good afternoon to you. Special day today. We're at Southern Bank Corps here in beautiful Midtown Hattiesburg for a special remote with our good friends here at uh, Southern Bank Corps on a, the eve of a great exciting football game and i gotta tell you guys wherever you're listening i'm sitting here with southern miss football royalty i've got marshant kenny and harold shaw sitting right across the table from me guys it is a great privilege to have you both here with us live all right thanks for having us here yeah privilege talking to you bob in yes. person so we've talked in over the air but in person here we are man so and i'm sitting next to my guy harold life doesn't get better right now yes. man all right members of uh, the 97 i think best southern miss football team ever harold shaw yes. 97 the best football team ever. for me it was because i played <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's hard. To, it's hard to argue. Coach yeah. Jeff Bauer said himself it was the best team he coached. So I'm going to go with yes. We are the best team ever. Yeah, it was. It was a great time. We, we were reminiscing yesterday uh, with a former sports writer uh, from the Hattiesburg American, and uh, we were just talking about how lucky all of us are that are our age to have lived through the really the golden era of Southern Miss athletics. And we talked a lot about MK Turks basketball teams, but we talked a lot about the Bobby Collins, Jim Carmody, Jeff Bauer era of football, of which you guys were a big part of the Jeff Bauer era. Marchant, put into words what Jeff Bauer meant to you in your life. Well, Jeff Bauer created a, not only a football tough guy atmosphere, but created a, a family atmosphere as well. And and we all know what happened my senior year in 97, the loss of his daughter during that season. And the way he just uh, took on the role uh, as, as still being there for the team, as well as being there for the family, uh, everything he was dealing with and still staying strong for us, um, just, just prove what kind of, kind of man he was and what kind of leader he was. And, I, and I'll never forget that season for him just uh, – you know, standing at the forefront with us, with, with dealing with some of the toughest, you know, things you could ever deal with in your life. And then that Liberty Bowl winning that for him. A lot of that was for him, you know, not just us. You know, Harold and I, obviously, we won that as a team. But a lot of it was really directly for Coach Bauer. You know, Harold, I always thought this about Coach Bauer. He was really one of us. Yes. <laughs> he, he experienced the joy of winning with us, the agony of losing with us. What did he mean to you? Uh, for me, uh in four years, I think, like, piggyback on Marchant, I seen year, I think we became a family. I, I think, for me, 
I feel like he understood us a little bit more, more general with us. Uh, we come talk to him in the office more, more like a father figure. You know, I'm not saying he wasn't a father figure the first three years, but it was just more compassionate to us. And it made you want to run through the wall, you know, when you play against somebody. Practice, same thing, practice. We practice hard. We didn't play around in practice. We took everything serious. He did run through some walls, didn't he, Marshawn? It was like tackling a wall, Bob, dealing with <laughs> Harold Shaw. And, and I'll, I'll say it, you know, I dealt with a lot of tough running backs, yeah. opposition for four years, a little bit in the pros after. The hardest dude I ever had to tackle was Harold Shaw. And we'd, we'd have these running back versus linebacker tackling lines and drills four years of that. And I would always be in line and count to see if I was lined up against Harold Shaw. And when I was, I'd take my chin strap off, tighten it a little bit more, <laughs> knowing, I, knowing I, here we go again, man, I got to tackle Harold. <laughs> you, just, you, you understand, we didn't, as running backs, we didn't like doing either. But we had our running back coach, and he psyched us up, and, you know, so we got to do what we got to do. So it was more for us was my thing. You know we were scared of y'all, but we just, we just know we just had to run hard. Yeah, well, here, here, here's one of the toughest guys to ever play football at Southern Miss, saying that he would count down the line <laughs> every time and hope that you didn't match his number. We had some good matches. We did. We did, man. And we right when we lined up, it's like, all right, let's go. And it was two bulls. Was, boom, going you got to understand, playing against Marchant, one of the best linebackers I played against, we played against other teams. It wasn't. I didn't care, you know. It was just right. more like if I know I can get him every once in a while. I know you got me a couple yeah, times. You got so me I'm, a lot too, man. But it, it made you want to run harder, you know. Make you want to block, knowing that this person is not better than Marshall. You know, that's the mindset that I had going to right. each game, and that helped me out. You know, it's kind of like it sounds like it's kind of like what Reggie Collier said to me one time. I asked him who were the toughest defensive guys you ever played against. He said, "In practice, there you he go. Says, no it's question." Playing against our own defense was tougher than any defense I ever played against. Yeah. It's kind of what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, it, it was. You got to think about it. For four years, we've been doing the same thing. <clears throat> defense. And two days, they killed us two days. I'm not going to say it in a lie. They killed us two days. But they made us better, though. You know, we know that each and every, every practice that we've got to give 110%. If you don't, you're going to get hurt because <laughs> they're going to hurt you. <laughs> you know, so you have he to. He tells no lies, Bob. I mean, so no you, you, you know, you have to come out and get ready to practice. And, and again, it made me a better person. I mean, a better, better player, especially my senior year. Yeah. Because I start developing and learning more about the offense and seeing the defense, learning the defense. But learning defense, I'm learning from them, too. If I know if I can block them, I have blocked them, no matter who we play, it's easy. So was blocking those guys as tough as when you were with the Patriots blocking in the NFL? I had. Do you remember Ted Johnson? The name, yes. He played linebacker with the Patriots. He was about 6'3", about 255. <laughs> he, he, he just a bigger version of Washington. So, <laughs> a bigger so, version. Man, I, it was tough. Yeah. It was yeah. tough. But, again, come from small town McGee. They come and play at USM. They go to the NFL. You don't get much better because you play oh, with a dream, man. You, yeah, but you play with in college with these guys who did good for themselves. Yeah. And I'm not talking about just football, but everybody got their degrees. You know, they went on doing better for themselves. But for me, come from a small town, then come to USM, they got to the NFL. I, it, it was it went hard the NFL because what I did at USM. I've had other NFL. I mean, other. Golden Eagles that went to the NFL say the same, that Southern Miss prepared them for the NFL. Yes. Now, 
People used to be scared of him, am I right? <laughs> yes. in, a, in and off the field. Had a little neck brace on back then, yeah. yeah. Little tight shirt on, on sticking out. Yeah, well, I heard this story one time that he was in the cafeteria, and some girl came by, and she accidentally spilt some food on him. And when she realized it was Marshak Kenny, she ran out of the cafeteria. I'm not going to deny that story, but it was some interesting times back in the day. Like, I had the neck roll on walking around campus. I didn't. I was a nice guy off the field, man. But I guess the uh, the neck roll just had this own aura about On campus. It. <laughs> Away from the practice field. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, it's just an intimidation thing. It, 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 it was. But I, I think that was just the aura of, I mean, we had some intimidating nicknames back then when we were living. You know, we were, we were the nasty bunch. We were the the black attack, you know, and then let's call what is my, my guy T.J. Slaughter came on campus, yeah. man. That linebacking core we had, me and T.J. walking around campus, it was, yeah. it was. Uh, I heard he was super scary. Yeah, he was. He, he, <laughs> probably as far as that, and adrenaline, and adrenaline pumping factor, just yeah. that uh, in, intimidation factor. Those eyes. I, I, it's hard to argue that T.J. Slaughter was the most intimidating defender I've ever played with. And he was just a sophomore. And by the time he's a senior, I've heard even more stories. <laughs> All right. Probably one of the, if not the greatest moment, a pinnacle moment in Southern Miss was the Liberty Bowl in 97 when you guys annihilated a really highly regarded Pittsburgh team. But, Harold, you said something fascinating. You said you could tell during the week of activities that they were a lot of talk and that they were in trouble. Yeah. You guys remember, I'm from McGee. I'm from country town and stuff, so... Talking, you know, <laughs> I, I love talking, and you know if they good or not. And the whole week we kept talking to them, doing events with them, which is cool. But you can, I could tell that, you know, we didn't have a problem. I wasn't nervous going into it. Why? I, I, I thought we going to be doing worse than that, to be honest. Really? At what point of the game, Marshant, could you look in their faces and tell that they knew they were in trouble? Well, I, I, I tell you, it, it comes from something I told your perspective uh, a little bit early before the show. You know, I was one of those high-energy guys. I fed off the crowd. If the crowd was into it, especially the home crowd, man, I'm all pumped up and I'm going. So before the game, the four captains came out. And I, you know, I'm always first out the tunnel trying to be. So I remember coming out the tunnel. I didn't know how many people were going to be in Memphis for the Liberty Bowl in 97. I knew we'd have a big crowd, but I didn't know exactly how many. So I come out the tunnel, and I turn my head to look at the stadium, and it was a sea of black and gold. The entire Liberty Bowl stadium of that half with the band and everybody was, was just nice. going nuts, and the game hadn't even started. Yeah. And I remember I turned to Latrell Pollard, who was walking out with me. I said, Latrell, you are not going to believe how many people are at this game, man. We are going to kill these dudes. Yeah. And we came out, and I get the crowd <laughs> pumped. And, you know, the Liberty Bowl, it's almost on top of you, and these fans are just like, Marsh, Latrell, you know, Southern Miss. And, my adrenaline just threw the roof, and I'm like, "We're gonna, we are gonna beat the mess out of these dudes." Yeah. And you know what happened? We went 41 to seven, the biggest um, bowl victory of that season. We scored three defensive touchdowns. I mean, it was it was just right, right. It, there was no stopping us that day. And a big part of that with me was the fans. Man, they were incredible that day in Memphis. All right, we're at a break. We're going to continue our conversation with the great Harold Shaw, Marshank Kenny. We're at Southern Bank Court here in Midtown. It's a great day, guys. The it's weather good day. Is beautiful, awesome. Harold. Beautiful good day. Just a few hours away yeah, from Southern Miss and Louisiana Lafayette. <laughs> Stay with us. More to come on the Super Talk Eagle Hour.
Southern Miss to the top. All right, welcome back to Super Talk Eagle Hour. We're at Southern Bank Corps, Midtown Hattiesburg, waiting for tonight's kickoff between Southern Miss and Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns. You know that'll always be tough and nasty when uh, when they're here. Why is that, uh, Marchant? Uh, another, I'm going to go back to Reggie Collier a minute. He told me the toughest teams he ever played against, hands down, any team from Louisiana. It's, it's hard to argue with that. I mean, you know, I'm born and raised in New Orleans, man. And you, you, you mix a, a tough guy with Bourbon Street and, and Tabasco and just all the spice down there and, and those accents. People don't understand what we're saying half the time. I mean, you put, you put that all together. It makes her a unique character. You put a football in their hand, man, what do you expect? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be tough tonight at Harold. It's going to be tough. Uh, I think what there are a two and two in the conference between one, four and three, both of us four and three. So it's going to be a challenge for us, but I think we'll come on top. All right, so let me ask both you guys, because you obviously know the game backwards and forwards. I'll start with you, Marchant. What are the biggest improvements you see in this football team over what we've seen the last two, three, four years? Well, you know, we talk about the premier positions, quarterback, wide receiver, you know, all this. The offensive line for Southern Miss. I know that offense is not quite where they want it to be, but let's be honest, from where we were last year, they bring Sam Gregg in. He changes the culture with that offensive line. They're creating holes. They're creating more protection for the quarterback. I know I know that's a, not a finished product, but, man, the offensive line to me is night and day from last year what it is this year, and that's a tribute to Coach Sam Gregg, what he has done getting that offensive line changed. And, Harold, the defensive line, the seven kids that are playing on the defensive front, they've been impact makers. They've been playing well. They've been playing more consistent. Uh, it's just proving each and every every week, and I think that's what we need to look at. It. They are continuing improving each and every week. You're not going to be perfect. Ain't no team perfect, you know. You just got to continue each and every week, improve on your mistakes, and, and capitalize on stuff you do well. And where do you see the biggest improvement? To be honest, um, been watching them. I, confidence this year. They buying into the coach. Head coaches, the head coach and uh, the defense court, defense coaches, offense coaches. But again, like I, I tell people, you know, coaches came last year. I tell people it take at least three years to four years to really, you know, for everybody to buy in. Because you, you know, as head coach, you are gonna have uh, players that you didn't recruit in there. So you come in with oh, you know, players that been there before. So you gotta your product. His product is. When you get the freshmen and get the the juniors, I mean junior college players, get them to start buying into what he's doing, then develop the other guys. Then that's why I said take three or four years. So, you know, so I'm looking for a big thing next year from USM. I agree. I think next year is going to be the year we really see improvement. Yeah, when you say biggest improvement, I say the offensive line. But when you just say a bunch that I want to talk about, not for personal reasons, it's. The, the, the nasty bunch moniker is back, if you ask me. You look at the statistics in the Sun Belt, what they're doing. Austin Armstrong, the youngest defensive coordinator in, in America right now, what he's doing with that defense right now. Um, it, it, it seems like things are getting back to normal a little bit. Correct. That, that's <laughs> the way it was always. And I told you this, Saturday night was the first time in a while that I saw 
glimmers of what you guys used to do. Twelve tackles behind the line of scrimmage, disrupting offensive plays before they start. Marshall, that's what you guys live to breathe and do. Yeah, I wasn't able to attend that game on the road last week, but I watched it from the comfort of my house. Wasn't very comfortable with you know the hype of that game, so I was standing up a lot in my living room. But there was a tackle during that game. Gil, the linebacker, is a hell of a linebacker right now. He made a tackle in that game where he looked like he wanted to tackle with purpose, like a Dick Butkus-type tackle where you, you wanted to hit him but you, when you were finished the tackle you wanted to tackle him even more and I turned to my wife Angela I said did you see that tackle right there that he just did and that's kind of the vibe those guys are, are, are creating right now you can get to the ball but to be really a nasty bunch get to the ball with purpose and that's what they're doing right now a lot more of Harold when you were playing and, and, and you were running over cornerback. I bet yeah, you love seeing a, a cornerback come up to try to tackle you in the open field. Yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I ain't not going to lie. I, I, for me, more or less, when I ran over linebackers. You like that? I like that. <laughs> I got run over a couple times there. Let me first admit that, man. If you weren't, if you didn't have that foundation of your legs and you were a little off balance, you're done. Yeah. You just hold so, on for dear so, life. So you were playing on a rough, tough, offensive football team, and guys on the other side of the line of scrimmage, the, the defensive guys like Marchant, that has to be comforting, doesn't it, to know you have that kind of defensive team? It was because uh, we know that if we mess up our offense, defense had our back and vice versa, especially our senior year. And we know we didn't do that well. We know the defense going to stop them. Now, that brings me to this question, and I asked, I asked one of the players this question earlier this year. When the offense is really, really struggling like ours has some this year, how frustrating is it as a defensive player have your offense turned the ball over on the short end of the field and not give you time to rest and, and get a blow? Well, human instinct takes over. You know, when if there were times when maybe the offense didn't have a consistently good game, and you know it's their third turnover, or whatever, and it, it's I'm, I'm 21 years old at that time, and my emotions might get the best of me. And there were times I came to the offensive huddle. I mean, you know, this and that. But that's where an, a coordinator comes into play. We had John Thompson. There were many a times John Thompson drug me by the face mask. And pulled me to the side and said, calm down, boy. And uh, and I did. And that's Austin Armstrong is that kind of guy to calm guys down. He's done that a lot if you watch him on the sidelines. Because we're, we're, we're going back 20 years. I mean, we're emotional guys. We just all were young, full of adrenaline. And when the going gets bad, your emotions can take a lot out of the conscience of you. And that's where a good leader, a good coordinator comes into play. And uh, John Thompson was that guy to calm us down. Right. You know, when things were going bad on the other side of the ball, and that's what Armstrong job to do, calm them down when things are bad on the other side of the ball. I'm going to put both of you men on the spot. <laughs> we'll start with you, Harold. Mm-hmm. Is college football, was college football tougher and more physical when you played than it is today? Yes. I got to say yes, just one game alone, I played Indiana I had 22 tackles against Alex Smith. It was literally dive and trap plays. It was just smash mouth football back then is what it is. Not taking anything away from the game today. I think the game's faster now. They spread you out more. It's just a different game. There's, yeah. there's moments of physicality, no doubt. It was just more of a bruising game. Yeah, bruising game. Bruising game. Yeah. between the tackles. I think the a team I see now that reminds me of, of that era is Michigan. Yeah. Big guys line up, run the ball right down your throat until you can stop them. That's the kind of football you guys played. Yeah, we did. 
Yeah, we loved it. Yeah, loved it. Things will come full circle. All this spread, there'll be some teams tightening it up like a Michigan and, you know, teams that are built for stopping the pass. Well, you're not built for stopping the run, so here we come. So It's bound to come full circle. I see the chemistry between you two guys. <laughs> 25 years 25 since that years. Liberty Bowl, yes. and that chemistry still there. Mm-hmm. You're always brothers, aren't you? Always. Yeah, always. There, there's some people that just flows out the mouth so easy to talk well about and Harold Shaw's yeah. one of them and he was uh, you know loved him to death as a teammate it's just a guy zero question had your back and he knows I was the same way you know I, I drop what I'm doing whatever he needed man it's just, and just two like completely that. different growing up environment yes. you're from McGee Mississippi yes. you're from New Orleans yes. <laughs> absolutely yes. man yeah. so how did you meld all those different personalities together so effectively after practice it was too hot to try to fight to hate, hate each other <laughs> We should try to survive practice. You, you know what was funny, though? We, we did fight a lot in yeah. practice. There were a lot of fights back there, a lot more than I've seen now in two yeah. days. But the beauty of that fighting, you got it out on the field, and then you, you know, you want to, who wants to yeah. fight after that? You know? uh, so, but we did, we did fight yeah. on the field during two days, quite a bit. in the locker room. Fine. Yeah, it was it was funny. So what Ter- are you doing now, Harold? <laughs> I'm retired. You're retired? Yeah, retired. I just recently got married last year, and uh, I have a stepson, eighth grade, so. All the travel, football, baseball, basketball I got stuff. You. Yeah. Still a Patriots fan? Yes, I go up there once in a while. I haven't been in the last year. Uh go up there and do a lot of, you know, little charity and celebrity stuff out there. Just try to give back. So what was the secret to the dynasty? Was it for the coach or the quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying a little of both. Uh, I, think a little com- both. I think it's a combination of both. A little both. It's a combination yes. of both, yeah. yeah. Yes. And what do you do now, Marshall? Well, first up, I'm jealous of Harold's retirement. Oh, I will man. tell you that, but yeah. I'm, I'm still working. I'm uh, kind of jealous yeah. of you. I'm, I'm working for a company called Siemens. I'm a medical sales manager, so i uh, been doing that for a while in the medical sales field for 15 years, give or take, in that field. And uh, i got my two kids. i got an eighth grader playing football out in Lafayette, Louisiana, where we live. My daughter is a raging Cajun freshman. I try to get her out here. Oh, she's, she's a raging. Here, she's she's here for the raging Cajuns oh, tonight. Is that unbelievable? Wow. So is that unbelievable? Wow. That is what it is. And I'm I'm married to an awesome lady from St. Louis who moved down here, yeah. Angela Kenny. Hopefully she's listening to this. And uh, she doesn't know about your reputation. My son definitely does now because he plays linebacker right now, and uh, you know he, he definitely Ooh, does. And my son, daughter does. Have to live up to <laughs> yeah. right yes. My uh, my, but I, I mean I'm so proud of my daughter getting into college. She's she's an all couldn't ask for a better daughter. Except the raging Cajuns. Part, man. <laughs> well, it's kind of like my dad told me one time. He, he was a big Mississippi State guy. He said, you can go to any school you want to as long as you make good grades, with one exception. I will never send a penny of my money to Oxford, Mississippi. Amen. He's a good man. That's a great man. <laughs> All right. Southern Bancor, that's where we're at today with two great, great legends of Southern Miss football. We'll be back. Eagle Hour continues. Southern Miss to the top. 
Hey, welcome back to the Super Talk Eagle Hour from Southern Bank Corps here in Midtown Hattiesburg. And uh, we want to thank the guys at Southern Bank Corps for arranging that with Marshank Kenny and, uh, and Harold Shaw. Daniel Stewart with us now. What great guys. What legends. They are. Yeah, great ambassadors for Southern Miss. You know, a lot of the Southern Miss fans think about the good old days of football. Those two guys were right there, right in the middle of it. In the heyday. In the heyday. Harold Shaw, we were describing him off the air as a Brahma bull, <laughs> like a big teddy bear. Big teddy bear, yeah. It's a shame he had to play for the Patriots, though. Not <laughs> well, he's retired, Kelly, so yeah. I don't think he feels that way. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he said the check's cleared. You know, check's cleared. Every single check clear. <laughs> yeah. And Marshawn Kennedy looks like he can still play that. He does. He really does, yeah. He's, he's in a lot better shape than I am, definitely. <laughs> Kind of reminds me of Kelly in a way, you know. It was yeah, kind of yeah. like, a, hey, round is a shape. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're at Southern Bank Corps, and they're of course our studio sponsor, and uh, graciously let us come down here and do this broadcast on the eve of, uh, well, on the day of the yeah. of the Thursday night Louisiana nationally televised game, and beautiful bank. We're in a courtyard here beside me at Midtown. I say this every time you're on the show, but I'm just amazed at Midtown, and I see major construction taking place now. Yeah, absolutely. This is, uh, I hate to say use the word nice, but it's very, very, very nice part of town that we're in. A lot of businesses coming in. Jones Company's building a brand new nice facility right here. What is that going to be? Uh, Jones Company headquarters um, is building that over there. I forgot how big it's going to be, but it's really, really nice. Going to employ, oh gosh, lots of people over there. So, really? so this this area though is really really on the up and up. And I don't think many people realize, Daniel, that on top of including your bank, yeah, there are apartments. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. There's there's apartments up. Those here. are apartments above the. They're apartments. Yeah, I was just looking at this corner right here. You get a view of the courtyard. You get a view of Hardy Street, Southern Miss. That's probably a, a prime spot there. But I want to say it's really? in the covenants. If you you got to build some type of residential. Uh, a certain percentage with uh, the retail that, that they've got. And so. you walk away from a half a dozen restaurants? Great restaurants, Walk yeah. to the baseball, football game? Absolutely. Actually, we tailgate you know, right up here behind Southern Hall. Yeah. So, I mean, you can you know walk to some of the best. So what used to be right here, guys? This was Elam Arms Dorm. And then the tornado that came through back, I believe, in 2013 damaged that. Then kind of spurred on all the development in, We're in this We're probably area. sitting right about where the swimming pool was. <laughs> right e- about, yeah. Yeah, at Elam Arms. Is that right? Yeah. Right. When I'd get in that pool, I'd flood the valley. You yeah. Know, right? So I had to be careful that I wouldn't jump in. Yeah. It know. is amazing. Uh, my wife and I were here uh, back in the late 70s, finishing school, and then lived here in the you know for several years. But it's amazing how different the yeah. community is now than then. Yeah, it really is. We were, we were talking earlier, you know, used to, you know, Westgate Cleaners, uh, Mr. Jimmy, friend of ours. Yeah. It was Westgate because that was the west side of town. You know, now we've got the mall, and then you've got all the stuff that's going on in Oak Grove. When we first moved down here, you had to wait a semester or two to get in the married couple's apartments, which they don't have anymore. Yeah. My father rented us an apartment on the road right by Lowe's. Yeah. And I remember that the night he left... We were nervous because it was the only building sitting in the middle of nowhere. Wow. We were in the country. And now. You can only look forward, you know. Yeah. And they, don't, years, they, yeah. they don't have married housing anymore because kids don't get married anymore. No, <laughs> they don't have it anymore. You know <laughs> no. what? At one time, they had a huge yeah. complex. And it was fantastic, man. Nobody had any money. There were four <laughs> apartments to every little breezeway. So on the weekends... All your neighbors, you'd all gather up, you'd pitch in money, you'd buy sure. hamburger meat, you'd cook out, you'd go get 
you know, Paps Blue Ribbon beer, and if it was a special occasion, a bottle of Tarada tequila. And, oh, my uh, gosh. And have just have, have a, a wonderful time. time. You have guys are going to be tailgating time. right here. We are. Right? We are. We're going to tailgate right here. Um, short little walk to the stadium. Right. So we have a good spot. Four o'clock this afternoon. I'm not supposed to tell the time Uh-oh. that you guys are tailgating. We are tailgating. Yeah. Four yeah. o'clock today. So. so this has been a big success for Southern Bank Corps coming to Midtown. Yeah, it really has. Um, you were kind of getting... You're right as all this is getting started up and starting to expand. Um, we were, you know, lucky and fortunate enough to get uh, one of the locations here. Right in the, we kind of feel in the middle of everything. So, um, you know, really lucky to be here. Uh, we think it's only going to grow and get better. And, you know, we just really want people to know that we're not a short-term, you know, splash in the pan here. We're going to be here. We're really getting invested in our community and trying to, you know, Place some roots down and branch out. And I literally want to ask you how business is, Daniel, because you talk to, like, realtors, for example. They'll say because these the, yeah. the, the interest rates have gone up, it's like the real estate market has gone dead. It's like it just stopped all of a sudden. Yeah. Everything okay? Or yeah. what, what do you well, guys think the future holds? You know, it's uh, it's a tough situation because if everybody, you know, we all had that crystal ball that could rub sure. and see the future, we'd all be making the right moves right sure. now. So, you know, you just have to be consistent. And basically, I don't see uh, interest rates staying this high. Uh, the Fed really kind of got behind the eight ball and had to really pump the brakes on the economy to slow inflation down. Um, so they're trying to do some of those things right now. So they're really going to probably put, I hate to say it, put the economy in a recession to stave off inflation. So um, I don't think it's going to be a long-term thing, though. I think once they get that under control, should see some more normal type of environments. But it slowed lending down for sure. Um, a lot of people are kind of cautious about making moves, but really, really don't feel that it's going to stay this high um, for an extended period of time. And, and do you guys, as, as pros in your field, do you guys really watch the midterm elections and think that there there will be any change one way or the other, regardless of who wins? Yeah, my, my past has been in financial planning and investments, and the worst thing you could do for any kind of market is put uncertainty in a market. That really kind of did more damage than anything. So, you know, any time you can put a little bit more certainty into economies, that really tends to do better in light of what really is kind of going on. Um, so, you know, whatever your political affiliation is, Republicans seem to be more pro-business, which is pro-economy. Um, you, you know, so that sometimes can make people a little bit more certain. Um, or optimistic. Or optimistic, which is Which is how, when they usually pull the trigger anyways. Because yeah. lots of times money is emotional. Very emotional. Right? You make financial decisions based on your emotions at the you, time. You do. And that's probably the wrong thing to do half the time. But that is just, that's the human nature. That's right. how we are. Um, but that's why, hey, you need some trusted financial professionals here at Southern Bank Corp to kind of help you make those decisions. So am I hearing that we're hoping for a red wave? Is that what I'm hearing here? I, I didn't say that. Neither, neither did <laughs> neither he. Did I. Yeah. Neither did I. We just want some certainty. We want yeah, certainty. Exactly. Certainty is, is definitely good. All right. Let's talk for a minute uh, about baseball. Yeah. You know a little bit about that. Just a little. Uh, obviously, having played here, did you see Scott Berry's costume yeah. I did. at Trick or Treat at the Peak? That was last night, trick-or-treated. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen this? I, I did see it. I did see it. And I, I'll tell you this. It shows a lot about Coach Barry. He can be serious. He can be tough. But he also knows how to relax and have fun. He really does. And he loves kids, loves having this event every year. Well, if you haven't seen it, you need to go to some social media site somewhere and find it. He is a cowboy riding a horse with legs about a foot long. It is, <laughs> You know, he, 
he didn't go locally and buy that. He has to take this pretty seriously. Well, it reminds me of the late comedian Tim Conway, who had a character called Dorf. Yeah, remember? And I Dorf, remember Dorf. Dorf would come out with the little short legs and yeah. and uh, but but you know when last year he was dressed up like a magician and there was the tie of Pete Taylor magic. Mm-hmm. So I want to know what the cowboy signified if does anybody know that i don't it, but i did see uh, one player new sheriff in town in the Sun Belt. That could there we be go it. that could be it yeah new sheriff one in player town, came dressed baseball. as scott berry with a bald head and wearing a hard hat a hard baseball hat that's Not pretty good wearing a, a baseball that's hat. pretty good you'll know which one because he's the one running poles today and throwing up at the, <laughs> <laughs> at the field you can dress up like anybody don't dress up like me Football improving, obviously, Daniel. How does that help businesses in Hattiesburg when athletics are doing good? You know, it just creates a lot more optimism in the community. It really does. It's something to get excited about and make people feel good about living in Hattiesburg, Mississippi and doing business in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. So, you know, USM is extremely important to Hattiesburg, important to the business um, environment that we're in. So anytime we can get excited around something going good for this area, you know, it's definitely fun to do so, especially when it's Southern Miss football. And it's definitely getting better. Definitely getting better. Um, you know, USM fans. I, I gotta say, we've we've always been some of the most loyal fans out there. Good, bad, ugly. Hey, we're we're there. Um, we're actually seeing some improvements now. I think in our football program, albeit a little bit. Sometimes, you know, we we get barely by uh, Arkansas State and then Tulane. Some of these teams, but seems as if things are moving in the right direction now tonight we've got ull another improving kind of team we've got the same record uh but we know those guys are going to be coached well they're going to play well so it should be a really exciting game did you see the same thing in baseball both of these guys earlier confirmed to me and i'd heard from other players that whenever you play a team from louisiana yeah you're in for a fist fight you are you are. It's, you know, Coach Barry was my coach when I played two years at Meridian Community College, and we used to always play in Delgado every year. And I'll never forget looking down that right field line, and there's just a bunch of fans hanging over the fence with Bud Light bottles. You know, you couldn't do that in Mississippi. But those guys were always really feisty. We knew we were in for a fight every time we went to Louisiana and played. So the fighting, it's, it's different. The fighting dolphins of Delgado. Uh, hey, they were, really they were good, is? too. Is that really what it is? <laughs> yes. The Fighting Dolphins. That's right. Of Delgado Community College. That's right. What's Scott Berry? What kind of impact do you have on your life? I asked this gentleman that we met earlier about Jeff yeah. Bauer. What about Scott Berry and you? Well, you know, he's, he's even now, you know, he's one of those guys to where, you know, when you play for him, you, you can't help but respect him. Um, he's always going to be fair. He's always going to be firm. Um, so, you know, we got a bunch of guys, one family. He was kind of our, you know, our, our father figure. Um, he could get you hyped up, won't make you run through a brick wall, but then, you know, at the same time, if you needed instruction, he could give you constructive criticism without beating you down at also. So, you know, instilled a lot of lessons, not just in myself, but other guys I've played with over the years. And I think that's why you leave the program. You still come back. You know Coach Barry. You want to see Coach Barry. He knows you. You know, he asks about you. How, how you doing? How's your family? Just one of those good good guys. And when he needed somebody to beat Mississippi State, buddy, he, <laughs> called on this man he right knew here. who to call. All right, stick around. We're going to call yeah. Luke Johnson in India. Oh, wow. And I uh, want you to stick around. We're at Southern Bancor, Super Talk Eagle Hour. We will be right back. India. India. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back. We're at Southern Bank Corps here in Midtown Hattiesburg. Spectacular day. Sitting out of the courtyard right by the bank with Daniel Stewart. You guys could not have picked a better location for us. Thank no. you. Yeah, this is great. 
this nice has day just too. been Beautiful. awesome. All right, Daniel, we've got a really special segment here. Luke Johnson, who's normally with us, is with us now. He is in the nation of India. It is 1230 tomorrow in yeah. India, and Luke says we won the game against Louisiana Lafayette 23-20. to 20. Do I have that right, Luke? Greetings and salutations from the future. Yeah, so I feel, I'm actually feeling like <laughs> Kelneck here for, I think I saw Hump a few times, but uh, yeah, the Eagles have won 23-20. to 20. There we go. There was Hump. <laughs> yeah, we, just, we heard we just heard Hump. <laughs> All right, so again, it's 1230. Here's Kelneck. Kelneck now, the music, everything. Uh, it's 1230 Friday morning where you're at? That's exactly right. I'm in northwest India right now. Just got off a five-hour train ride. I can't imagine wow. why there's a delay. We're talking to him in India, but the, but there is a slight delay. It's amazing it's that quick, that fast. It's yeah. pretty stunning when it really you stop is. and think about yeah. it. So in India, I'm sure they know that Daniel Stewart never lost a game to Mississippi State. Is that correct? Yeah, it's been brought up a few times. Had a guy come up and, uh, and, and ask me yeah. if I knew Daniel. He had read about it. That's right. They know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Luke. Uh, we're all sitting here waiting on the football game tonight. Your thoughts about uh, what's happened since you've been gone and uh, the contest tonight with the Raging Cajuns? Yeah, I mean, Eagles have been extremely scrappy and been proud of them. I, I caught the end of the Texas State game last week. But, I mean, Louisiana's hot. They, you know, they lost two in a row. And I watched the end of that Marshall game, and that was kind of there when they all systems connected. And so – you know, I was looking about the the Archie State game last week, and man, they only they only allowed like 89 yards on the ground. They Blackman, they held him to under 200 yards. So, you know, Eagles are going to have to find a way tonight. I think again, it's going to be the nasty bunch. They're going to have to create some turnovers and and uh, and try to get some momentum. In, in that game last week, Lafayette went up 24 to nine in the second quarter, and Eagles can't get behind early in this one. No, they have to stay. This is not a team built, I don't think, to come from two or three touchdowns behind. No. You want to run the football, play defense, minimize what your quarterback has to do, right, Kelly? Well, the, the because the offense slowly taking baby steps, getting getting better. But to your point, Bob, and I think you're spot on. This is not an Eagle team that's going to put up 40 points. Now, they did against. Northwestern State, right. but you know what I'm talking about. Right. It's just not an offense right now that is performing at that level. But you've got a defense that's been shutting people down. So you figure if Southern Miss can put up 21 points. Maybe they, they probably win. Yeah, that yeah. you got a shot. Daniel, we used this analogy the other day. It was kind of like the baseball team this year. You could not be playing very well offensively, but when your staff is suffocating everybody, yeah. they can't score any runs. It's kind of what we're seeing with the football team. Yeah, you know, maybe this game might be where, you know, if we need 21 points, maybe seven of those come from a pick six or something where the defense makes something happen. So, right. yeah, we're, I, I like the way Luke says it. We're scrappy, and that's right. a great, you know, uh, analogy right. for what we're, what we're doing. All right, Luke, as you know, I took a little heat from somebody pretty high in the football program earlier this year when I was making fun of the terminology nasty bunch. But I got to tell you, dude, I watched them Saturday night, and – for the first time since maybe when you were playing, I really saw that nasty bunch type of defense. Twelve tackles behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, it's been fun to, to, to check the box score from last week. And, I mean, you know, the way that they've been covering, the way they've been blitzing, the way they've been getting to the quarterback, that's going to be the key 
uh, I, I think tonight, and uh, I'm I'm, it, I'm excited to see maybe how Will Hall tries to limit Louisiana's possessions. Um, but but you hope for a good crowd tonight. I mean, it's a national TV audience, first time we've had that since 2016, and you know maybe Eagles can. Uh, I think the last two weeks they found how to win football games, and, and I think that's will help them tonight. All right, so where you're at, it will be uh, – it's 12 o'clock there now. It's four hours. It'll be 4 o'clock in the morning when we're playing there. So you uh, obviously will not be up watching the game. Yeah, I, I will be – probably when I'm waking up, I will be seeing that Briggs-Bourgeois late fourth quarter field goal. It's going to be about 43 yards uh-huh. from the right hash. It's going to make it 23-20. So I'll be sure to catch that okay. when I wake up. <laughs> Hey, real quick before we let you go, did you see the play the punter made last week that may have saved the football game? I heard about it. Punters are people, too, and occasionally they're athletes. Go Mason Hunt. <laughs> well, as we said, uh, we were sort of glad you weren't around because uh, we knew how we would hear is about, see, I've told you guys the most important player on the team is the punter. It is. It's the, it's the greatest play of the, the game. It only happens seven or eight times. If you blink it, you'll miss it. So we've got a we've got a an NFL punter. Enjoy it, Eagle fans. All right, all right, brother. You take care of yourself. We look forward to having you back here with us. Okay, guys. See you next week. See all you, right, Luke. Uh, Luke Johnson in the nation of India, where he's doing uh, work for his church, and he goes over there every year and does that missionary work. So good for him. I, and I, you know, you think. Countries like that wouldn't, I, I, forgive me, but you wouldn't think they'd have like cell service in some of the remote areas. Certainly they do. You know, yeah. yeah. Daniel, thank you so much, man. Thank you, guys. We can't tell you how much we appreciate Southern Bank Corps and you. You've been with us since we started this whole thing. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. We're grateful. Glad you guys are here. Man. Do your banking at Southern Bank Corps. They're right here in Midtown, right across the street from the campus. Look forward to coming back. Absolutely. Anytime. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.